Welcome to the Scaling for Business Growth podcast. I'm Ellen McElhenney, owner of CFO Plus Services at CFOPlusServices.com. We help small business owners increase the value of their businesses. Stay tuned, and after the show, you will see how you can be one of the next guests on the Scaling for Business Growth podcast. I am here with the Scaling for Business Growth podcast today and um, talking to you from beautiful downtown Nags Head, North Carolina, which is different for me. And I've got Danielle Levy here, and she is um, going to be talking to you about her company. And Danielle, can you can you tell what, what your company is? Yeah, I just went right out of my mind. The Boardroom League. <laughs> the Boardroom League. And so, um, Danielle, can you just give me a uh, an explanation of everything you do and let our audience know. Um, and uh, we've got mostly small business owners on, on this line. So uh, talk to how you can help them and what you do for other small business owners. Sure. So um, I am a, a fractional COO by trade and we can get into some of the specifics of that as, as we get into our conversation. Um, but the way that the boardroom league helps people is when I um, transitioned in my career, I had gone from a very successful uh, corporate career um, and landed some very high profile clients um, in the online space. And all of a sudden I went from a place of confidence to incredible amount of insecurity. And the thing that um, helped me get through those initial years um, in forming this new um, phase of my career um, was my network of, of trusted experts. And so I thought to myself, you know, there's so many people transitioning in their careers. There's so many small businesses that are trying to grow. Um, everyone should have this little black book of trusted experts that they can rely on. And so that's literally what I've, I've put together, the, the group of trusted experts that got me going, that served my clients um, in those early years um, together as a collective, um, serving small business owners um, in a variety of different um, fundamental business operations ways. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, so I, I'm just looking at a few other things on your on your um, bio on your website. So um, <clears throat> I like the, the fact that you are you're talking about being an integrator, and I'm a big fan of the EOS system, the entrepreneurial operating system. And I'm assuming that has a little bit to do with that. Tell me a little bit about being an integrator. Sure. So um, I think so many CEOs get into business because of the thing that they're so passionate about, right? Um, And they're either so passionate about it, they know they're going to make it work, or they have a proven revenue model. Um, But what they're really passionate about, you know, you're not always um, equipped to handle the business of the business. And so an example that I give is I'm working with a CEO right now. He's a um, a multi-seven figure client. Um, and yet, in reality, he doesn't actually have the passion for most of his back-end operations. And obviously, without your back-end operations, the front of your house is going to fail. So um, that's where I come in to actually run the business of the business um, so that the CEOs can focus on the things that they're most excited about. And yeah, not and I, just excited about, but that they're good at. That they're good at. That's the thing. And and I found that in what I do. I'm a, I'm a fractional CFO. And um, I find that most business center, well, probably 100% of the business centers I talk to would rather stick an ice pick in their eye than do finances. So, um, and and it's the same thing with me. 
um, that you, you can come in and take that worry off their off their mind because it's an important part of their business. Obviously, um, <clears throat> getting up and running operationally, which is what you do, is so important to a business. But the owner didn't go into business to create processes and things like that. They got into business because they're passionate about what they do, like just exactly what you said. So, um, so I, I, that, that kind of just jumped out at me, which is very similar to um, what we do with our small business owners. Um, <clears throat> so tell me a little bit about your journey, because you've been doing this for about, what, 25, 20 years, something like that. Yes, you're aging me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't look like you've been doing anything for 20 years. So that's, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So um, I'm from the New England area and I, I came up in the, the best digital consulting design agencies that there are. I mean, really the best of the best. Um, and I had a milestone birthday and I was really burnt out and I just wanted to do something really big and really special for this birthday. And I ended up at, um, an event, um, because I truly thought like, this is how I am just going to have big fun. And, um, in a way that was really aligned with who I am and my interests and that sort of thing. And what I didn't realize was some of the biggest influencers in the online space were there. I didn't know who they were, you know, had I known, I probably wouldn't have gone to the event because I would have been too insecure about the whole thing. Um, and by the end of the trip, I had all of these new best friends that were incredibly influential. Um, and, um, had they, several of them offered me a position on their, their team, which was not what I was expecting going into my um, birthday celebration, but it's, it's kind of how it all worked out. And so that's what I kind of alluded to at the beginning of our conversation that I went from this really um, just amazing professional career where I was kind of the, the it girl that knew how to get things done, that knew how to um, work the boardroom that, that knew how to save the day in those client situations. And all of a sudden I was surrounded by people that were talking about these things called launches and funnels and open carts and close carts. And I didn't know what any of these things were. Um, I was just kind of coming with this, um, other set of, of tools and needed to kind of figure out how to make it work. And like I said, that that's where my, my um, network just really saved me um, and helped this second phase of my career take off. So <clears throat> you describe yourself as a Swiss army knife. And um, I like that because that tells me that there are a lot of different things that you do with an organization. Can you give me an example? You say that um, you're the person that gets it done. Give me an example of how that happens. Sure. So I think what's interesting about my background, which I, I didn't realize as it was happening. So again, coming up through marketing and digital communications agencies, um, that's what I was always surrounded by. Like I always lead, lead with a marketing mindset. Um, but my core competen competency is not that creative genius that many of the other copywriters or graphic designers or any of the other amazing creative folks that I was working with. Um, and slap on top of that, that I got a PMP certification, project management professional certification. Um, and it's this interesting combination of knowing how to manage a situation as a true project manager, but in a different way than say someone like <clears throat> in the manufacturing industry would. Um, and the fact that I always lead with a marketing eye and a marketing mm -hmm. head. Um, and so to that, I'm pretty much able to walk into 
any um, marketing related situation and assess both the strategy and the operations for what needs to get done. And I would not say by any means that I am an expert in any one of, one of those things. You know, you certainly don't want me in there creating your graphics or pretending to be a copywriter, um, but it is a really um, fluid spot for me to be in, especially with small business owners to kind of sway back and forth in that, between that kind of rainmaker position and integrator position all in one. So you're, you basically, um have a, an ability to find the people who need to be where they need to be in order to create this thing. I so, do. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and so your background, your first background is in marketing, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So that, and, and that seems to be a, a great, in this day and age, a great basis for being able to do these kind of things because marketing has changed so much. And um, what, so what are the big things that you have seen from the time you started out, you know, in marketing to today? Because I know that people I talked to who were doing marketing back in the 90s, they're like, this is a completely different animal. And how have you, have you, you been able to kind of pivot and change with that? <clears throat> yeah, you know, I feel like I've seen a couple of different flavors of it. I think there's the flavor of it's a numbers game. Um, let's play the algorithms. Let's let's drive traffic and go for high volume. I think I've seen the relationship-driven um, marketing tactics. I think I've seen trends of let's be everywhere all the time to everyone, to people kind of realizing that that's not a realistic um, way to build a business. You know, I, I remember, gosh, my my sense of time is so off, but there was couple of days where like Instagram, maybe it was a day, something like that. Instagram just shut down. Right. And so, you know, there were all of the marketers that had, had based so much of their business off of what are we doing on Instagram? What are we doing on Instagram? Um, and when a platform like that goes away, it really kind of, you know, shook them a bit. Um, and so those are sort of the, you know, there was, um, there's just so many different trends that I've, I've seen kind of come and go. And, um, you know, I've, I'm a relationship-driven person, um, mm -hmm. so that's how I I prefer to work with my clients. Um, but there, there's definitely been different flavors of it. Did I answer? Did I answer your question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, how have things changed since uh, since the pandemic started? Um, you know what i I think the pandemic was an incredible. It was probably it was scary as heck for a lot of people, but it was an incredible opportunity for people to pivot their businesses. Um, and I think that is definitely a silver lining that came out of it. I think the downside of that is people were not prepared, nor did they have the skills necess necessarily to create a sustainable sustainable business online. And I think a lot of people are seeing that now that things are starting to kind of shift back to the new normal. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me personally. Um, I'm going to be honest and say, I don't remember most of the pandemic only because I was working all the time. All of a sudden <laughs> I wasn't driving my kids where I needed to drive them to. Um, there was all the time in the world. So it didn't matter if I was working from with us clients or clients from all the way around the world. Right. It was just like, everyone needed to be online. Um, so for, for me, um, I'm not certainly not saying that the pandemic was 
a great thing to happen, but again, there was some silver lining to it. Um, I think what we're experiencing now is sort of what is what is the new baseline for the new normal? Um, and there's a lot of education that still needs to happen um, in terms of how do you effectively scale a business online and um, how do you protect these businesses from so many blind spots um, that naturally just come up um, that can really be detrimental to businesses? <clears throat> yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, it's, it's really hard for me to really remember what it was like prior because things have changed so much. And um, I do know that a lot of businesses um, are actually coming out of, you know, you, you hate to put any positive to the pandemic because it was just a terrible thing. But but I, I know a lot of businesses that are coming out of this thing stronger because they've learned to, you know, you know, back in the day, if if like like up, you're up in Massachusetts. Correct. And you probably have a lot of snow days. Well, yes. you know, it used to be you'd have to shut down your business and no work was getting done. But now a snow day is like, okay, I get online. I've got, I got all this ability to do this, even though they've moved back into the office. So those are the kind of little things that um, <clears throat> have, have made us been able to be able to pivot and make us more productive. Now, maybe that not might not be a good thing because you were saying you were working all the time and that, that happened to me. I, I had much more productive time, but probably more hours working as well because I wasn't driving around going to, you know, meeting with, for coffee with people. Um, everything was being done online. So good and bad, but I just remember back in 2008 when, um, when we had another severe economic downturn. And uh, at that time I was still in corporate life and, um, and thinking about how much we pivoted in order to, you know, to get through that bad time. And um, we were able to become much more frugal, you know, start doing more with less. And we came out on the other side much stronger. And so, um, so these kind of things, you really do have to, um, you know, take the good things out of them. So very completely. Yeah, yeah. So you you also talk about on your website, which I, I think is really kind of neat. You talk talk about understanding the importance of work life balance. Tell me about that. Yeah, I think it it means different things to different people. I think there are the people um, that you know have said you know, we work Monday through Friday and nine to five and make sure you unplug. And I, I have the utmost of respect for that because burnout is a real thing. Um, I would also argue though, that, um, I like to work. I, I am a, a self-proclaimed workaholic. Um, but I like to work and I like to do different tasks when I feel most aligned to do them. So, um, and I'm a working mom. So for example, it's very, very common for me to be working on a Friday night for, you know, several hours. And, and people always wonder why is Danielle working right like now? She should log off, that kind of thing. The reality is, is I've already gotten my kids off at the bus at two o'clock or three o'clock or whatever it is. And I'm at ice hockey practice with them because they practice on Friday nights. And that just feels really good to my schedule. And I'm allowed to show up as a mom in the way that I need to. And I'm showing up for my clients in a way that I need to. So I think my feeling on work-life balance is that it is very personal that 
everyone needs to be aware of when are they most productive to be working mm-hmm. um, and what are they doing to replenish themselves um, in whatever that way that means. And I um, have colleagues that, you know, they turn off Slack, they turn off email, they're done for the weekend. And I have complete respect for that. Um, and I also feel like what I'm doing with my family works really well for me. Um, and that's okay too. That's great. Uh, that's I, to me, that's extremely important because uh, you don't get those years back with your kids. I know I'm probably a little older than you. My kids are grown and I look back and obviously the things that I look at is more time. I wish I had more time with my kids than, exactly. than I did, than I took. So um, Danielle, I, it's been great talking to you. I, I think you bring a great service to small business owners. What is your target mar- market? Just tell me a little bit about that. And then tell me, tell us how people can get in touch with you in case they feel like they, you know, you could maybe benefit in their organization. Sure. So I work with um, entrepreneurs that have a proven um, revenue model. Um, Personally, I align with um, business, um, business. I, uh, specialties that that really have positive impact and that have clear definition in the service that they're they're trying to provide. Um, and really, I'm I work with entrepreneurs. They they can be very very small teams or very very large teams. Um, a lot of times, you know, the solopreneurs are looking to figure out how to get themselves out of the business. And you know, it's cliche, but it's true to stop being the chief everything officer. Um, and the larger teams I work with to really figure out how to scale and systematize. Um, you know, at a at a much larger volume and and everything in between. Um, so, um, those are the folks that I work with and those are the folks that I, that I serve and, um, people can find me on Instagram probably is, is the best place. It's Danielle underscore C underscore Levy, or my website is daniellecleavy.com. All right. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for being with me today on the Scaling for Business Growth.com, uh, podcast. I'm Ellen McElhenney and, um, just Uh, good luck in the future with your business. And uh, I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Ellen McElhenney here. Thank you for listening to the Scaling for Business Growth podcast. If you are a successful small business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit go.cfoplusservices.com slash podcast hyphen guest. If you like this episode, would you please share it on your social media or just do a screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. If you know someone who would like to be a guest on the show, tag them on social media and let them know about the show and include the hashtag the Scaling for Growth podcast. I look forward to seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. Please subscribe so you won't miss one. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews will help promote the show, and that would mean so much to us. If you want more information about us, go to our website at cfoplusservices.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, CFO Plus Services, or Instagram, at CFO Plus Services. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.